G'day and welcome to the second instalment of the World Endurance Podcast. For those of you who are new, make sure you go and give the first episode a listen where I explain all about the podcast. Um, it is essentially dedicated to the World Endurance Championship. And my name is Lucas Lennon. This week we're going to be revisiting the 2023 season and a few things uh, of note, I suppose, before we kick off the season. Uh, we had the GTE Pro category um, removed in 2022, uh, so this was the first year without that, um, and it was the finale year for the Le Mans Grand Touring Endurance Cars and the Le Mans Prototype 2 Cars, better known as GTE and LMP2. We also saw the final season for the Glickenhaus team and the rebirth of the Ferrari and hypercar. Along with the Ferrari, we had Penske Porsche, um, Cadillac, Floyd Van Wall, Proton Competition, and Hertz Team Jota, who would all eventually take the plunge into hypercar. Um, there were also no tyre warmers too, meaning there were um, a total of two formation or warm-up laps. Uh, I thought that was quite interesting, a bit of a, um, a cost-saving or, or um, electricity-saving measure, which um, I'm all for. With these new cars, there was much anticipation and uh, and building rivalries, I suppose, between kind of competitors that hadn't seen each other before or, or hadn't been around for a while. So the season kicked off uh, in Florida with the uh, Sebring Prologue and then the 1,000 miles of Sebring. Uh, Pole, in their first, uh, first season back, I suppose, was the Ferrari uh, number 50. Uh, and that was uh, ahead of the number eight and took pole by 0.214 seconds. So a pretty hefty margin in this kind of racing. Uh, in LMP2, we had the 23 United uh, just over the 28 Jota and the um, 85 Iron Dames took a pole in GTE M over the Corvette. I remember this causing quite a stir actually with the Ferrari on pole kind of made everyone think, you know, are they back? Does Toyota kind of have what it takes to, to continue, um, you know, the, the reigning champions? Is their, um, is their streak ended? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I found that really interesting when we, when we started off uh, last year. Um, when it came to the race, the Peugeot, one of the Peugeots started from the pit lane, uh, which kind of, they had another rocky year uh, as well in, in this year, you know, starting off, 2022 when they did um they had kind of plagues of technical difficulties uh and then they didn't start off off the uh, the 22 uh, 23 season that much stronger um as the race started it was a good start for the pole sitters especially the iron dames uh, but there was a big crash um for the 83 richard milne ferrari uh just carrying too much speed and it rolled over um the car was upside down it looked Pretty nasty, uh, Louise Combank at the um, at the helm, uh, but got away unscathed, uh, unscathed, which was good. The leading Ferrari hypercar pit early, uh, which wasn't the best idea, kind of with hindsight, and it wasn't a great stop either. And that essentially gave the Toyotas the win. Um, with that early stop, they were able to to push a little bit longer and basically secured the one-two from that point at the first round of pit stops. The Glickenhaus as well also having some issues um, that kind of continued throughout the race off and on. Um, and then the 50 Ferrari uh, got a penalty for overtaking before the start line on a restart, which is just another example of their kind of 
inexperience, I suppose, in the sport um, in in WEC. So definitely some learnings taken away there. Um, the Iron Dames were going well, but ran wide and quite dramatically lost the rear diffuser, um, just skipping over the the grass or the um, the gravel, and that kind of took away their chances of a win. Um, and more bodywork coming off for the van wall as well, showing issues um, when they were under a, a full course yellow. At the halfway point, uh, one of the Porsches got past the number 50 Ferrari, uh, and then the 51 Ferrari, piloted by um, Collado, went off the track and got a puncture, sort of trying to dive down the inside of one of the uh, GTE AM cars, the uh, 54 AF course Ferrari, which kind of looked a little bit, a little bit poor, um, in in my opinion, kind of trying to dive down the inside of a lesser category into the corner just just didn't make it stick. Which um, yeah, don't definitely don't blame the um, the the fifty four in in that case. Um, yeah, but despite an excellent race actually for the sixty three Prema car uh, that was piloted by um, Pin Bortolotti and Kvyat. Um, it had to make a splash and dash just with five minutes to go, and that pretty much handed the win to the 48 Jota. Uh, so the results uh, for the 1,000 miles of Sebring in hypercar, it was a Toyota 1-2, number 7, coming in ahead of number 8, and then the 50 Ferrari, which was still an excellent result considering it's their first time as a factory team in the sport for 50 years. In LMP2, the 80... Uh, no, sorry... <laughs> Uh, in LMP2, it was the 48 uh, Hertz Team Jota car who took the win ahead of the 22 United Autosports and the 63 Prema. For GTE AM, it was the 33 Corvette, which started a, uh, a trend that continued for the rest of the year. Um, the 77 Dempsey Proton and Kessel Racing uh, rounded out the top three for GTE AM. So that was, it was a very good good race to um, to start the year and then kind of moving swiftly into the six hours of Portimao it was Toyota again the number eight uh, locking out the uh, front row with the number seven and then the Ferrari, an all Ferrari second row the 63 Prema car by 0.001 seconds in front of the number 10 Vector Sport which is as close as you could get pretty much <laughs> Um, and then the Corvette uh, was on pole in GTE AM. Uh, once again, one of the Peugeots started in the pit lane, uh, which just, yeah, classic Peugeot it feels like. Um, and after a, a bit of a less chaotic start, we saw the Ferraris disagreeing about time uh, and uh, team orders. Uh, and then shortly after that, the um, Richard Westbrook in the Cadillac uh, nearly drove into one of the Peugeots as they were coming into the pit lane. You've probably saw this vision being flashed around on social media but it's kind of carrying way too much speed in essentially slams on the brakes to try and avoid the Peugeot and yeah it was uh, it was pretty close in the end but no contact after two hours the dominant number seven Toyota had mechanical issues and then had to retire getting pushed back into the garage which was pretty unfortunate for them uh, the team is usually pretty faultless when it comes to that kind of thing uh, and there were good, uh, good battles further back for the uh, number two Cadillac uh, and the 94 Peugeot. They were kind of going at it for, for an hour or so, which was good. Uh, with an hour to go, the United was having radio issues. Uh, what number was that? That was the United number 23. 
yeah, was having radio issues at the driver te- uh, driver change, and and one of the drivers was quite angry, bashing the steering wheel, trying to um trying to get his point heard, um, and then the van wall was having brake disc issues, so that was another kind of thing happening uh, at that time, and then the fifty one Ferrari had brake issues as well, so kind of the uh, the heat of Portimao definitely taking its toll uh, on some of the hypercar runners there. Uh, so in the end, kind of summarising that race, uh, the result was the number eight Toyota. Um, of course, number seven had to retire, uh, followed by the number fifty Ferrari and their number six uh, Penske Porsche, which actually made five different manufacturers in the top five, along with Cadillac and Peugeot, which is quite incredible and just so good for the sport. Having you know different teams up there, kind of fighting for fighting for podiums, just brilliant. Um, the result for LMP2 uh, was, despite radio issues, the uh, United Autosports number 23 car, followed by 22, which made it a United Autosport 1-2, um, and the uh, 41 by Team WRT came in third there. In GTEM, it was the 33 Corvette. That was two on the bounce for them, two wins. Um, the Richard Milne uh, AF Course Ferrari, number 83, uh, was, came second for that. Uh, and the Iron Dames in uh, in third, number 85, for that. So after two races, it was Toyota showing good skill, uh, knowledge in the sport, uh, while the newer manufacturers, especially the Ferraris, Van Walls, and seemingly Peugeots, even though they're not that new now, um, they were definitely having difficulties um, and after a factory supply chain issue, unfortunately for them, uh, for Porsche, um, the new Porsche 963 was delivered to Hertz Team Jota, um, and they began the next race as a hypercar category. So that was good racing uh, uh, for them in LMP2, and now one of the cars is jumping up into uh, hypercar. And we'll see as, as we go on, they definitely um, definitely belong in that category for sure. Some, some good racing to come. Now it was time for the six hours of Spa Francorchamps, one of my absolute favourites. The number seven Toyota uh, took pole along with the 23 United Autosports car on pole for LMP2 and the 25 ORT by TF. Bit of a difficult one. It was a pretty rainy start and there was a variety of cars on a variety of strategies. Uh, But in the end, the Ferraris on the wet tyre kind of took the jump while many cars went off at the first corner. Um, and along with Peugeot, um, they kind of were able to make good headway while the, the Toyotas, especially number seven, really kind of went backwards at the start. Um, the Jota were on wets too, and they jumped ahead. Uh, United Autosport in LMP2 led, uh, while the Premiers were on dry, so they just went backwards. The 23 United, uh, piloted by Tom Blomfist, was really dominant at this stage as well, um, and it was kind of making good progress. Um, while the dry runners struggled at the start, as the track dried, they started to come back. And in the end, um, the number seven Toyota, who was originally on dry, kind of came back through as everyone came into the pits. Um, pretty scary crash for the, uh, yellow number three Cadillac, um, coming up Radion and just making contact in the barrier up, um, at Al Rouge or Au Rouge, I should say. The six Porsche 
Yeah, so the, the number six Porsche was having some issues and just kind of stopped on the straight for a bit, but managed to get going again, which is good. Um, and the Jota was going side by side with the uh, with a United car, and it almost flipped over entirely. Kind of the front lifted up as it came up the top of the hill there, um, and yeah, kind of got light on the nose, and you could see it was just starting to lift up, and oh, so nearly flipped over backwards. Um, yeah, it was a, a pretty big, could have, could have been pretty big, I suppose, but, uh, but it wasn't. So that, that's good as well. With two and a half hours to go, it was the van wall cutting across the, uh, the van wall cut across Castellacci, uh, in the 54 Ferrari, uh, and that kind of led to both cars going out. With an hour and a half to go, the number 50 Ferrari had just come out of the pits, uh, but spun into the wall and it was kind of all over for them on on cold tires on a damp track um Fuoco was piloting the car at the time and you could just see how upset he was kind of just yelling at himself in the cockpit and eventually kind of went behind the barriers and sat down with his head in his hands so pretty hard to watch you can see these um these drivers have high high standards high expectations and yeah sometimes uh, things like that happen and yeah but it's still pretty hard to watch the number eight uh, Toyota overtook the number seven, but kind of cut off track uh, coming up the hill at um, a Rouge, which was odd and then kind of wasn't giving it back, but eventually kind of gave it back, uh, letting number seven pretty much just drive to the end and, and um, they took a good win in the end. Uh, on the final lap, the number 51 Ferrari driven by Collado overtook the number five Porsche of Makawiki. Um, that kind of was for the final podium spot in hypercar. So a quick summary there was number seven, uh, Toyota Gazoo Racing, and number eight, so a, a uh, Toyota 1-2 finish with the Ferrari in third in hypercar. And for LMP2, uh, it was the 41 WRT that came in for the win, um, which means there were three different winners uh, in the first three races for LMP2, which is amazing for uh, for that category as well always good for close racing uh, the 23 united came in second and the polish team of 34 into europol uh, was very cro- close across the line but um, they came in and uh, stuck in for the podium in gtem it was 83 uh, the richard milne ferrari uh, which won um, and made leela wadu the first female to win an fia uh, world championship race which was uh, just an amazing achievement for that team. And, uh, yeah, really good on her. She uh, she deserves every race win to come for her, for sure. Um, in second was the 33 Corvette, uh, followed by the 25 ORT by TF Aston Martin. There's strong competition in the LMP2 class, as there always seems to be, and the Corvette is looking strong in GTE AM as well. Now it's time for the jewel in the crown, celebrating 100 years, the centenary. It's Le Mans. The 24 Hours of Le Mans, held in the city of Le Mans, France. 
It was the 50 and 51 Ferraris uh, on pole locking out the front row, and it was an all-Toyota second row. In LMP2, it was the 28 Jota, and for GTE M, the 83 Richard Milne Racing Ferrari, hot off a win alongside the AF Course 54. As the race started, the hypercars were just swapping back and forth before the Action Express Cadillac went into the wall on the first lap. That was their race pretty much over. The Toyotas were fighting back, but it was the French Peugeot team in 1 and 2 uh, within the first few hours uh, in, the, in the French race, a sort of home race for them. Um, and with 20 hours to go, a safety car came out with a sudden crashing of rain and crashing of cars, uh, cars going off everywhere. The WRT, uh, one of the Glickenhouses, number three Cadillac, um, and 86 GR Racing Porth, uh, Porsche, sorry, all having crashes as the rain came down. Um, not long after, the Hertz Team Joda car, uh, piloted by Yippee Yee, um, crashed as well. So that was another uh, safety car. As night approached, it was the Ferraris who were in the lead. Um, the 75 Penske Porsche stopped on the curbs, interestingly, but kind of got back going again. More kind of electrical issues. Um, it was at this point that Jensen Button was in the 24 NASCAR, um, which brought just great entertainment um, with excellent driving kind of throughout the whole race. Um, this car was driven kind of recreationally, not, not in any of the set classes, um, and was driven by the uh, seven-time NASCAR champion Jimmy Johnson, Formula One world champion, as I said, Jensen Button, and the 24 hours of Le Mans winner, uh, Mike Rockefeller as well. During the night, there was dramas for the 51 Ferrari as it spun into the gravel uh, from the lead, and the number seven Toyota retired after a bit of a confusion coming into a slow zone, sort of multiple cars involved, um, but the number seven Toyota ended up getting hit by um, another car, which kind of saw the end of, of their um, Le Mans kind of halfway through the race, unfortunately. Uh, within the 13 hours to go, um, the number 94 Peugeot crashed as well, mounting the inside curb uh, at, I didn't actually, can't remember what corner it was, but it kind of mounted the curb on the inside, spun out and hit the wall, unfortunately, so they were pretty much out of contention as well, but they kept going. With less than 10 hours to go at dawn, the 8 and the 51 were both fighting for the lead. The Iron Dames and Project One were battling for third as uh, Ben Keating in the Corvette was strong out in front in uh, LMP, no, in uh, GTEM. The 708 Clickenhouse crashed at Indianapolis uh, but continued on. With four hours to go on the Sunday, the 51 Ferrari had a pit issue kind of trying to restart the engine um, and the Toyota ended up getting past but the Ferraris just seemed to be pushing really hard on another level and managed to re-overtake the Toyota after not too long. Um, Vassbender in one of the Porsches ended up crashing at the Porsche curves, ironically, um, and it was a big shunt and the car ended up retiring. The number eight Toyota trying to catch the Ferrari ended up spinning with Hirakawa at the wheel. Um, it was just pushing too hard pretty much. Um, there wasn't too much damage sustained, but it just kind of gave Ferrari that that lead, that advantage. They kind of weren't having to push. The lead Ferrari came in for its final pit stop with just 20 minutes to go, but 
had a starting issue where they couldn't kind of reboot it and it had happened before um, that led to some tense moments uh, down in, in pit lane, but they eventually got it started and um, yeah, the, uh, the rest is history, I suppose. But yeah, across the line with a three minute lead, uh, it was the 51 Ferrari who took the win uh, ahead of the number eight Toyota and the number two Cadillac, which took their uh, only podium for the year, but it was a good result for them. Into Europol, claimed the win for LMP2 after a close fight and an amazing comeback drive. Um, 50, uh, sorry, 41 Team WRT came in second and the 36 Alpine just got onto the podium at their home race. The 33 Corvette once again across the line winning, followed by the 25 ORT by TF Racing and the 86 GR Racing. Some um, excellent drives for them as well. If there was any shadow of a doubt, it really is the pinnacle of endurance racing. Now it's time for race five, the six hours of Monza. Another fantastic old school race. Bit of the holy trinity, if you will, with uh, Spa and Le Mans. Ferrari's win last week kind of meant Toyota couldn't have the, the clean sweep, uh, but didn't stop them trying to win every race after that. Uh, it was a dominant qualifying uh, in Ferrari's backyard for the pole sitter, Toyota, the number eight, uh, sorry, number seven, um, with the 41 WRT um, taking pole for LMP2 and the 85 Iron Dames uh, Porsche taking pole for GTE Am. It was a bit of a dramatic start as one of the Ferraris kind of got past the Toyota but didn't quite make the corner legally and then the other uh, Ferrari got spun by the other Toyota. So there's a little bit of back and forth there. Uh, but it was Buemi in the number eight who ended up locking up, spearing into the uh, into the Ferrari and, and spun them round. Joda kind of got through in LMP2 uh, and the Iron Dames were, were holding on, I guess, in, in GTE Am at the start. Um, the two Uniteds were fighting uh, the Belgian team of Jota, so that was a, an interesting battle going on. Um, but less than 15 minutes from the start, it was the triple seven D station Aston Martin that was pretty much put in the wall by number eight uh, Toyota, which was quite poor driving in my opinion from from Boemi. Uh, he'd eventually get a one minute sort of stop and go penalty, uh, which is you know, a fair cop in my opinion. Peugeot overtook number seven while one of the Uniteds got into the lead in LMP2 and the Iron Dames were still holding on. Number seven uh, and number 50 were fighting hard uh, while the Porsche number five kind of got passed into the lead. Vector Sport in LMP2 was tagged by the uh, number nine Prema and basically went out of the race from there with three and a half hours to go. Number eight was coming back through the field and managed to get past um, both the Penske Porsche cars into the Curva Alboreto, which just wasn't a sensational move. Like I'm sure you've seen this one as well, but wow, it was a very nice move. So it was 33 sort of flying at this stage, the Corvette uh, overtaking the Iron Dames went through um, the Lesmos and then eventually got past uh, both the Porsches of Dempty Proton and GR Rating. GR Racing um, and then with one and a half hours to go the Glickenhaus was in fourth uh, but was forced into uh, into a mistake by the 51 Ferrari who was kind of on the fight back 
With 40 minutes left, the number 50 Ferrari put new tyres on and started chasing down the number 7 uh, for the win. Jota was ahead in LMP2, while after the pit stops and some good clean racing, the number 77 Dempsey Proton Porsche managed to get ahead of the uh, 33 Corvette. Across the line, it was number 7, number 50, and 93 Peugeot that got onto the podium for the first time, impressive by them. The 28 Jota won in LMP2 with a good start. Alpine and Team WRT and the 77 Porsche took the win but the Corvette actually won the championship there so it was uh, a good solid solid year up until then for them. Uh, there were also post-race penalties for number 8 and 51. To Fuji in Japan now number 7 and number 8 locked out the front row and then it was uh, Penske Porsche uh, second row as well which is the best result for them. Uh, the Toyota's uh, uh, at home, obviously, uh, and the 22 United was on pole in uh, LMP2, and it was the 33 Corvette who uh, took out the pole position for uh, GTEM. One of the Penske Porsches actually got into the lead, uh, and the 50 Ferrari got an amazing start and into second, but unfortunately clipped the number 5 Porsche, which pretty much put them at the back. Uh, but the number six was still in the lead, which was um, great for them. Uh, Louis, Pre uh, Louis Perez Combank. The names I'm struggling with a little bit here, so um, <laughs> forgive me. Um, and the, uh, uh, where was I? The 83, yeah. Uh, so in the 83 Ferrari, uh, they had a spin, unfortunately, at the first corner. Narrowly missing basically the whole field. Uh, that was kind of quite lucky for them, but that, unfortunately they ended in the gravel, so I suppose less lucky in the end, but could have been a lot worse. The Porsches actually had a little bit of contact as well, fighting each other, um, so I don't know what the team were thinking about that. Um, and then after the safety car uh, came back in for the 83, um, after that came back in, then the Jodas were having a bit of a tussle as well, and uh, the 28 actually uh, spun uh, driven by Hansen. The Toyotas kind of kicked on despite having some, some bad luck at the start and a bit of battling between them. They got into second and third with two hours to go. At this point, it was the number six Penske Porsche, which was in the lead, and kind of I remember thinking, God, it'd be so good if they, they got a win. A uh, bit of a comeback story for them, I suppose, but disaster struck, as I said, two hours to go, um, and yeah, they had a mechanical issue uh, and just basically handed the 1-2 to Toyota uh, at, at their home race as well. So the 54 AF Ferrari was also taken out, basically, by uh, Keating in the Corvette, and it was some pretty dodgy driving, just squeezing them well and truly off the track. Keating is a, a bronze driver, I suppose, um, you know, not, not as experienced or skilled as, as some of the platinum drivers, but, you know, he'd been having a really good uh, good year up until then. Um, so, yeah, that earned the team a 30-second penalty, uh, which in my opinion, was pretty um, pretty lenient. And then kind of just after that had happened, the Cadillac was just driving around with only three wheels on the wagon, so that was another bizarre kind of thing happening all, all at a similar time. 23 uh, United Autosport car in LMP2 was leading pretty comfortably, but with some absolutely phenomenal laps by um, Kubica, meant that the WRT car managed to get past with an hour to go um, and in the end, it was the 7 and 8 Toyotas, followed by the number 6 uh, on the podium in uh, in Fuji, which was good for them. They um, they managed to get that the number 6 going again. 
With only one race to go now, it's the number eight uh, Toyota leading the championship in hypercar, um, but the number seven could still win. Um, in LMP2, it was the um, WIT cars that came one and three, with the United 22 car um, in second. The AF course, 54 Ferrari took the win in GTEM, uh, and Kessel Racing and Corvette rounded out the podium. Now to the Kingdom of Bahrain, the season finale. Eight hours of racing left in the season. It was the number eight Toyota on pole, uh, followed up by the number seven Toyota, so another lockout for them. 23 United uh, for LMP2, and Iron Dames were on pole in uh, GTEM. Into the first corner, uh, unfortunately, Earl Bama kind of came in a little bit too hot in the uh, Cadillac and locked up both front wheels, spearing into number seven, dashing their hopes of a championship win, caused some chaos, cars going around them, um, slowing down. And as some of those cars rejoined, particularly the 23 United, as they rejoined, speared into the van wall, as well as the 22, kind of causing a bit of chaos there. After this, Hertz Team Jota were battling with the number five Penske Porsche. Of course, now they are in hypercar, punching above their weight, in my opinion. You know, they um, they ended up catching up with the Ferraris in um, positions two and three and just fighting essentially two hours kind of off and on. Um, it was really good racing to watch. Unfortunately for them, though, the Hertz Team Jota picked up a 30-second uh, drive-through penalty for rejoining the track unsafely. Um, after running um, running wide, or no, I think it was outbreaking themselves and cutting another car off as they came back on. Pretty devastating for the Iron Links as well. They were uh, leading GTM pretty comfortably, um, but unfortunately had to just pull it into the pits and rolled back into the garage. But this left the Iron Dames in the lead with two hours to go. Could they get their first win? The Ferraris were battling hard, pushing each other off the track, and this led to some pretty... Heated exchanges from the drivers and kind of poor teamwork. Um, and I think uh, a lot of people have, have heard the careful man. He has no manners call from one of the engineers um, giving instructions to Pierre Guidi um, talking about uh, Fuoco in the number 50. So that was uh, a bit of entertainment towards the, the back end of the race. With only half an hour to go in the WEC season, uh, the leading LMP2 car, a team WRT number 31, had tyre issues in the pits, uh, which basically lost them valuable seconds, letting the uh, number nine Prema car past. Then the D station Aston Martin Triple Seven was chasing down the Iron Dames. There was a few laps of hard in mouth for for both teams. It was getting closer, but they managed to to hold on, which is just simply amazing for them as well. With their third win for the year and a championship winning drive, it was the number eight Toyota with Brendan Hartley, Sebastian Buemi. Um, and Ryo Hirakawa, who won the last race of the year, followed by number seven uh, and the 50 Ferrari. In LMP2, WRT ended up bringing it home 1-2 with Jota third. Team WRT had a comfortable championship win as well, uh, and in the end, it was the 41 car that won the Drivers' Championship. And finally, a well-deserved win for the Iron Dames, an iconic win as well as the 777 was chasing them down um, and the 98 Aston Martin kind of finished off the podium. So two, uh, two Astons on the podium there following suit. What a special way to finish off the era of GTE Am um, and the Iron Dames really deserved some luck after grinding away all year there. 
In the championship, we'll have a quick rundown now. In the manufacturers, it was Toyota that kind of won comfortably. Uh, Team WRT took a well-deserved win, despite having a tough uh, start to the season. And dominance for the Corvette, number 33 racing, well done to them. In the drivers, it was number 8 Toyota Gazoo Racing that won the drivers' championship. The 41 WRT, um, as I said, won in uh, LMP2 and the 33 Corvette as well in GTE Am. There are definitely so many moments throughout the year and I've probably missed heaps on this list. I was kind of going back through, looking at race results, highlights, reviews, notes that I was making uh, throughout the season. But I sort of tried to compile a good list of things um, that happened and and, uh, I found interesting. So hopefully I covered off um, plenty plenty of moments there. At the end of the 2023 season, it's a fond farewell to GTE Am and LMP2. They will both be missed very greatly. We said farewell to GTE Pro the year before. Now with a smaller field and two classes, I feel that the championship's going to be a little bit easier to follow for the casual fan, kind of less cars, less things to understand and, and keep in mind. And I think that's going to be you know really great for the sport. And a lot of people are thinking... Um, WEC is on the ascendancy and is going to become more popular in the future, which I I hope as well, because it's such a brilliant uh, category. Next time, we're going to be looking into the new season with new teams, new driver lineups, and welcoming the LMGT3 cars. That should be coming out within a week, so that's very exciting. I've been trying really hard to try and get these episodes out in time and in anticipation uh, for the prologue in LaSalle, not too long away at all. Um, So until next time, take care.